0: Yo, Did you say I'm in a back like Vidic? Yeah man, I got 90 minutes. I got my eye on the ball, but I see red on my right, no Kimmich. But if you reach Jesus' pocket,
1: I'm going to see cards from Dean. That's a one match ban from leagues, so I can't ride, for the team.
2: can't ride out for the team. If they ask me who the goal is, i got to say
1: Nicholas Bettner. I don't know, I'm just joking. Everyone knows that Messi is better. I'm trying
0: to get my Sterling up in the city, so see if we play. As soon as my child can walk, it's straight project Mbappé. On all the verbal, as soon as I hear that whistle, we get straight to the action. Come on, lads, where's the passion? Passion. Do like Alamat C, we wear headbands for the fashion. If the defenders drop back, we counter and then attack them. I got my eye on the ball, I got my eye on the ball, yeah. Uh, I got my eye on the ball, Uh, I got
1: my eye on the ball, yeah. I got my eye on the ball, I got my eye on the ball. Uh, you already know where it is it's eyes on the ball with your favourite boys Darren and Daniel Um, like we've already explained Josh isn't available for these um, sound bites but the NBA finals are still on and it waits for no man so we've got to keep reacting to it and keep giving our takes on it Um, I mean it's a bit of a bummer bummer of a day for me and Darren I mean what 2-1 down LeBron um, really wasn't anticipated Um, I made a tweet actually I said I said, introduce the guest, you pay good. No, 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 I will, I will, I will, I will. <laughs> I, made, I, made a, I made a tweet and um, I said some games you just have to say well played, do you get what I'm saying? But obviously we're going to get into that. Like Darren has already alluded to and didn't give me any time to do, <laughs> we've got a guest <laughs> today, great guest today. Um, really enjoy his tweets. We're obviously going to plug him and everything, but I'm, al- I'm allowed to introduce himself, team he supports and everything in that.
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm Joe Holbert. I've covered the NBA for about six years now. Uh, my first beat writing gig was actually the Miami Heat in sixteen seventeen, 17 uh, where they went on like a 31-10 and 10 run. It was a, not a very good team. Uh, they had like Dion Waiters, James Johnson, Tyler Johnson. Yeah, um, yeah and, and now I cover the Dallas Mavericks. That's my main team. I sometimes do a bit of work for the Atlanta Hawks and the Minnesota Timberwolves as well, but mainly uh, it's Dallas Mavericks stuff. Uh, But I like looking at the sort of tactical breakdowns. Um, I'm more film than numbers, but I do try and mix numbers in as well when I can. Um, Yeah, I just like looking at the tactical side of the game. And this is a great series for it because Frank Vogel's probably the best defensive coach in the league. And then you've got Eric Spolstra, who is as we'll get into. He's
1: an absolute genius uh, on the offensive end. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think it just makes sense to dive straight into it and just get your your thoughts on... We're we're heading into game four now. Um, I mean, at the beginning of the series, I think if someone said after three games it would have been 2-1 to the Lakers, no one would have been surprised. But obviously, down to the circumstances and the context, Them winning game three was a bit of a surprise, but what what, what are your thoughts? What are your initial reactions to this whole NBA Finals?
2: Um, I'm disappointed we've had the injuries we've had. Uh, Goran Dragic, especially, Uh, he's been he's been excellent in these playoffs. He's always played well in the Euro League tours uh, for Slovenia. He just kind of takes it to another level. He put himself on that level in these finals. Yeah. I think we might see Bam back. I don't think we'll see Goran back. But obviously, I don't think they want to say that because you know it's quite demoralizing for the fan base and for his teammates. So they're yeah. just trying to keep the hope alive. If he came back from that injury I, uh, in this season, I'd be amazed. Uh, but it's been it's been a very sort of tactical series, I think. A lot of what the Lakers have done, sort of when I watch game two, for example, a lot of the game was Anthony Davis on the glass. And there's not a lot you can do about that if you're the Miami Heat, because he's just bigger and stronger than every one of your players. Your front goal rotation is what? Myers Leonard and Kelly Olenek. There's not a lot you can do about him on the glass. But yesterday was kind of very different from a tactical perspective.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, to add to that, um i think the Heat did a good job man defensively they found their um identity again you know swarming around on d because first two games you know they were undermanned but i still don't think that they were you know who they are defensively so um yeah they um was flying around the court um doubling ad anytime he touched the ball not even doubling and basically just swarming to him whenever um he had the ball on the post or anything like that. They also switched up um, the zone. They played basically minimal or no zone. Um, switched up to man-to-man. It uh, helps them obviously secure the rebound. Because Jimmy mentioned that post-game, he said rebounding is, um rebound and uh, transition D, which was, uh, are the keys, and they did that really well. Um, yeah, man. Got to give the Miami Heat a lot of credit. Um, made good adjustments undermanned, demand, but um, still... We'll talk about Jimmy, but um, I think as a team, they they, they showed their identity, especially on the defensive end. And, um, yeah, got to give SportsTra a lot of credit.
1: Just, Just to come to you again, Joe, I want you to, like, just to give your opinion on, like, why... The Heat won game three, if that makes sense. Like, what, what, what do you think the defining moments in that game were? Obviously, of course, it's, it's easy to say Jimmy's 40 points is the reason why they won. But I do think it was definitely more than that. So what, what's your opinion on what the Heat did well?
2: So, A lot of teams who have players like Jimmy Butler, the, the mistake they make is sort of going, right, uh, this is why the Clippers, for example, lost is because when Kawhi or PG had the ball, there wasn't a lot of movement off the ball. So you can kind of cheat someone off of a shooter to double them. That's what Dallas did in the first round. Uh, Rick Carlisle certainly outcoached Dot Rivers. But yesterday, when Jimmy had the ball, there was so much action going on. And what they were doing is they were running, basically, ball screens on both sides at the same time. Now what that does is it occupies the help defenders. So I remember Mark Jackson sort of saying, oh, why are the Lakers leaving Butler one-on-one? it's because they've got to defend those ball screens as well because otherwise you're leaving. These aren't just any shooters, shooters that you've right got. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: <laughs> like Duncan yeah. Robinson, he could go down. Again, I think Kyle Corver, I think he hit 51% of his threes in one year. But Duncan Robinson is that level of shooter. He's probably actually a little bit better all round than Corver was because he can. He showed as well. He can, he can attack off the dribble. And when you've got a guy like Duncan Robinson... Um, and you've got him moving off screen, you can't help off of him, because he will, I think he's shot, I want to say like 47% from free on the year. When you've got that to defend, it just creates those one-on-one matchups. It was a masterclass from Spolstra, and I don't think Vogel did a lot wrong. Um, I, you know, I just think it's really difficult, and when you've got a shooter, it changes the way you defend, whereas if, you know, you're looking at another team who's gone out, who maybe. So look at the Lakers, if you've got Rondo coming off those screens, yeah. you can cheat off of him. I know he's been hitting them, but mm-hmm. if a possession ends in a rudge on Rondo free, that's a win for the defence.
1: Yeah. Well, well, what, do, sure. what do you think? Is it is it, Darren, do you think it's uh, what the Lakers did wrong or what the Heat did so well?
0: I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think what Joe said was accurate about, um, you know, the Lakers not wanting to leave the shooters because you can't let duncan robinson and and hero and the man get hot like you can't give them no confidence but um another adjustment they made was they were going at the smaller guys jimmy jimmy was as you said there was um ball screens occupying to help defenders but jimmy was getting switched on to guys that he liked being matched up against which is an issue the lakers have had all year you know um big wings guys like Kawhi, um paul george um jimmy Big wings always—they <clears throat> do well against the Lakers because apart from LeBron, to be honest, they ain't got many guys that can guard. Danny Green could barely stay on the court. He's a guy that you can maybe throw on a Jimmy, but he was so bad that he couldn't even play. So Jimmy was attacking guys like KCP, Caruso. Um, I think he um, picked up a few fouls on Rondo as well. So he was basically getting to the rim whenever he wanted because um, smaller guys couldn't stay in front of him. Lakers were fouling. Anthony Davis was in foul trouble, which also didn't help. So. Um, just to go back to the question, I'd, I'd, I'd give the um, credit to the Heat, man. The Lakers were poor, like especially defensively, but um, I give um, credit to the Heat because that was based on the adjustments that they made. Yeah, you know they attacked, they attacked the defense well where the Lakers were weak, and um, they, they they buckled up on D. I
1: think before I come to you again, Joe, um if you want to respond to what I'm going to say, if I'm being honest, I think. What you have to look at is as as well as the Heat did on defense, you have to remember that LeBron and AD had very bad games. As in, if, if we're calling the spade a spade, if you look at that, yeah, well, that's
0: why you give the Heat credit,
1: of course, for of course of, yeah. course, of course. But if you look at their box scores, you give those box scores to, like, let's say a Kuzma, and you say Kuzma had a worldie of a game. Do you get what I'm saying? But their box scores, yeah. their box scores, one, were terrible. For their standards, and then two, the actual in-game performance. I think LeBron was settling for threes um, that didn't really make sense. He wasn't he wasn't creating quality shots for himself. I think AD, of course, he was in foul trouble, and I understand that. But he was very very passive for the whole game, apart from the third quarter where you thought the 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 tide was going to change. You because that's the kind of model the the Lakers have been going with um, throughout this playoffs thing. That like, teams will maybe go on a run a bit and then you're deep that like, you're only up by four. Then in the third quarter, everything will just change and then the Lakers will win the game. But AD was very very passive on the offensive board and even defensively. Like he wasn't going up. I think uh, by the... he couldn't he couldn't adjust. Yeah, he couldn't uh, adjust. Game, literally...
0: to the way that yeah, they were defending him.
1: Exactly. And uh, what I'm banking on is them not having a bad Adjustment. game like that. Do you get what I'm saying? They won't have another bad game like that. And it will tell me a lot about this Heat team if either or, or both AD and LeBron can have good games and the Heat can still win, then I'll be a bit worried. That it'll be like, wow, it's 2-2 now and we're looking at things like they've got guys coming back and they've got guys who, who can really affect the team positively. So I just think that I'm not worried about the Lakers because looking at the playoffs, every time they've lost a game, they've adjusted really well. The only thing I haven't seen from Vogel, which I probably will see, is that I don't know how he's going to react to butler basically playing Isobel, basically saying give me KCP give me Danny Green and I don't know how he's going to react to that because obviously you could you could risk double teaming Harden and saying um, to the other Rockets players yeah hit your threes hit your jumpers even though the, the Rockets are arguably the best three point shooting team in the league but you'd rather have Daniel House um Ben Macklemore, all these kind of guys shooting their threes, then Duncan Robertson and Tyler Hero, who are guys that legitimately get hot, and when they get hot they can really be the leading scorers on their team so that's just my thing
0: Um, Yeah, just to add Matthews, I think the Lakers can like, the way they adjusted to the Rockets I think is a similar recipe here you you don't have to give those guys shots Mm. you know what I mean, you can choose who you leave open on the three, even if you double Jimmy you know what I mean, the, um, the guys that are scrambling can swarm, that close out on the, the shooters that they want. Do you know what I'm saying? You can um, make certain guys have to dribble the ball. But Duncan Robinson deserves a lot of credit, man. Um, you'd expect him to just limit himself to shooting, but he's making a lot of plays off the dribble. So I think that's going to be um, a problem if they do want to double Jimmy. So they're going to have to um, you know, focus on Duncan because he's making plays off the dribble. We know Hero can do that as well. So um, I don't think... Um, you know, it should be too much fear from the Lakers side about them heating up from three if you double Jimmy, because I think you could. Um, the Lakers are probably one of the best out because they got so much length, uh, one of the best closing out teams in the league. But um, I just think they need to make sure there's a rim protector, and make sure you you don't get them, allow them easy buckets because you're doubling Jimmy. Do you get what I'm saying? Because that's when things get sticky.
2: Yeah, I I think part of the formula for me with the Lakers is that I don't think they'll play that badly on offense again. Yeah. Uh, And AD got in the foul trouble early, and there was a, I think it was either his third or fourth foul. It was a terrible call from the refs. He kind of, he tried to Mm. take, yeah, as he was his he tried to take a Linux off the dribble. It just never was a foul. Vogel should have challenged that. I wonder if that would have changed the game. He did, obviously, he probably thought I'm not going to waste my challenge. Yeah. Um, But he should have challenged that. But, they were kind of force-feeding in post-ups, and that was what Miami wanted him to do. Um, he's a good post player, but when you kind of post someone in the um, in the dunker spot, you can double-team easily because, think about it, you can only pass to like two places. Um, I don't think they'll play that badly offensively again. Part of me wonders, because what the Heat did is they basically pat the paint Obviously, when you've got Dwight Howard there, you're not going to do anything against the Pats Payne. I think he's had a good playoffs, but from a tactical perspective, AD's not the best shooter in the world. You know, that's not his game on offense. He's a lob threat. He's a sort of put back offensive rebound kind of guy. He can do some stuff in the post, but I wonder if they'll go a little bit smaller because if obviously if you've got Markeith Morris, then you've got maybe LeBron and two shooters alongside AD, you can't really pat the paint then, because Markieff Morris—he actually had a very good game. He's had a very, very good, good playoffs. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. He's always been—he seems to be the more likable of the Morris brothers, but that's a, <laughs> a low bar, I guess. But yeah, I—the nice. the thing with the Lakers is—it sounds cheesy and basic, but they played—they were awful. You know, I remember at one point they awful. took the lead, and I'm thinking, how the hell have they taken the lead? Yeah,
1: literally, <laughs>
2: literally. Like they didn't play that badly. Sorry, they did they played very badly but they didn't lose by that many yeah so that's the heat for me that was their perfect performance that's the best they can give you the defense was swarming they were hitting shots like Kelly Linick had a really good game
1: yeah. you know he
2: was slip he was slipping on all these screens and the Lakers just guys like Dwight Howard don't want to be out on the perimeter that's yeah. not their game they want to be inside the paint so I think that was the best the heat have got uh, my prediction was Lakers in five. Uh, I'm going to stick with it because I just don't see how... I think what the Heat did on offence is they ran a lot of counters. Yeah. And obviously Vogel, Kidd, Lionel Hollins in the meetings, they'll they'll recognise them, plan for them. This kind of, have you got any more counters? I don't yeah. think they will. I think that was the best they could give. Yeah.
1: I think yeah. If, if I throw a question out there, I mean, obviously, again... I think for most analysts, most people who watch the NBA, is, I think there's very few people who think the, the Heat can actually win, especially with the injuries. But if you were in Eric's Spoelstra's shoes, both you, both you, Joe and Darren, um, what would you do? What would you try and do in Game Four to try and get that win? because I mean, if if, if the if the game's two-two, like I mean, predictions aside, you just never know what could happen. Like when when it's all tied up and you're saying. The first to win two games, you just never know what could happen. So, if you were in Eric Sportstrom's shoes, what would you guys do?
0: Um, first thing is you try your best to get Bamadabaya back on the court, fam, because I think it's possible. You know, they said it was a neck strain, but um, I think he's just like bruised, like, because he had um, wrist issues, he had shoulder issues, then obviously the neck. So, I think, um, you know, he's had a little rest if they can you know, get him back in in the game because the key to beat the Lakers is keep Anthony Davis quiet. Like, even in the regular season, when teams um, had success against the Lakers, it's, it's because Anthony Davis couldn't be aggressive or, you know, c- couldn't be as dominant as he usually is. So I think they've, they've shown one hand as far as, you know, doubling him, swarming to him, not letting him post up. But I think the Lakers adjustment will probably be Try to get him rolling to the rim more, get him coming off curls and stuff like that, give him some open looks. But if you have Bamada Bayou now, that's a another look. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like you're adjusting, but the Heat are are preempting your adjustments, and they're now um, presenting a new um, you know hurdle to overcome. So I think if you if you if they can get Bamada Bayou back and he can man up against Anthony Davis, don't even worry about the offensive end. Just hope that you know Jimmy and Duncan and Hero just played the way that they've been playing and they can keep strapping up on D. I think uh, they got a chance. But um, I think it's going to be tough, in it? Because the Lakers are going to come out swinging in Game 3. Um, especially Anthony Davis and LeBron. Like, they, as you said, back-to-back. I think they've only lost back-to-back games once this season. So, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be tough. But if they can get Bam Adebayo back, it, it definitely could become a series. What do you think, Joe?
2: I think, yeah, I, I think the sort of key for the Lakers is they. I think they kind of took AD out of the game. But what I would say is the Lakers can combat that a lot better than they have. The problem with big men is you have to scheme them into the game from an offensive point of view. Um, you, some big men could bring it up the court, but I mean, they're not going to be hitting pull-up jumpers other than maybe someone like Kat. So I'm a Timberwolves fan and we have stretches where Cap doesn't get the ball for like five minutes. Mm. And the fans are kind of going, well, he needs to be more aggressive. No, we need to get him the ball. That's the thing with big men. So they've got to try their best to sort of deny AD the post-entry passes. They've got to be aggressive on any pick and roll action. And I think Olenek will stay and they've got to crash the boards. They've got to dominate the ball. I think that's going to be the Lakers adjustment. I think they're going to use AD In the middle a lot more, you know. He, I saw him spotting up in the corner and stuff like that. And the thing of a guy like AD is, especially if you're a small team, you pick your poison with him. You kind of say, well, if he shoots forty percent from three on us, there's not a lot we can do about that. Because we'd rather have that. We'd rather take our chances on that. Than have him crashing the board. So I think the key is making sure that AD isn't allowed to get into a flow because if he does, it's game over. They just don't have... I don't even think with Bam they've got the personnel because in game one, all they did was they pulled Bam out of the paint and then your rim protector was like Jay Crowder and that's not going to end well. Uh, But obviously Bam would make a big difference but I think the key is, yeah, keep Davis quiet you know, try and maybe try and turn it into isolation. There were a couple of um, possessions where, like, LeBron got the ball in the post and there was no action. It was like he would just get it. I think on one of them, he just chucked it back out to Rondo, shot a three. That's the kind of possessions the Heat needs. They yeah. need the ball sticking. They need it isolation. Because once you get the motion game going, uh, AD is unstoppable.
0: Yeah to add to that and I'll follow up with a question as well I think they got to post up LeBron more less so than AD because um, LeBron passing out the post that's his like that's light work for him if they try smother him in the post try double him swarm him LeBron will pick pick them apart whereas Anthony Davis is not as good of a passer and um, can get him open off um, LeBron in the post as well but the question I wanted to ask you guys is um, what chance do you give the heat with Bam Adebayo back because you know I don't see Jimmy Butler taking a step back now that he understands what it takes for him for them to win a game. So, if let's say Jimmy Butler's giving you 30-plus, which I do anticipate, because he will be in attack mode and they can't stop him going at guys like KCP, Caruso, Rondo. Like You can't, unless you're leaving the shooters wide open. So, um, how, how much of a chance do you give them with Bam back? Do you want to go faster?
2: Or... Yeah, yeah. Um... Oh, That's a tough one I mean the, the only thing I'd say With Bam Is a lot of their success In game three Was having the five out yeah. Bam can hit shots But Kelly Olynyk Is a very good shooter For a centre You know He's probably Top five in the league I would say In terms of shooting big men uh, In terms of volume Efficiency Release point uh, Etc the, the thing it would do It would keep AD Out of the game And then you've got A kind of hope I, I think if Bam was back, they would need someone else to step up from the perimeter. Because obviously that's a non-shooter. He can hit some mid-range. So I think Bam coming back increases their chances only if one of like Hero needs to probably shoot a little bit more efficiency than he has through the first three. Yeah. Uh possibly Crowder. Uh, Crowder's had a good playoff, but I think they'll need someone to start taking more threes. Because Butler yeah. yesterday. He was the first player to hit 40 points without taking a three since Shaq. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that will ever happen again because guards and wings shoot a freeze and there's no big men like Shaq anymore yeah. you sort of do it all in the post. So, yeah, Butler would need to become more of a, a shooter, I think, if Bam is out there. So, I think it would increase their chances because AD. So, I'd put it... Right now, I think the Lakers have like a 20% chance of winning the series. I'd probably push it up to about 35-40 if Bam came back. But i'm still back in the Lakers.
1: yeah again like like just before i answer the question i think it's important to mention that like in our previews as well darren and what we've spoken about is for the heat to have any chance of winning even before you analyze it and give context to it one of the main things that he had to do was butler had to be like a serious all-star type like top caliber all-star player like not a a guy who if you make the all-star um, if you make the all-star game it's like oh thank you very even much
0: even superstar like,
1: superstar like superstar, top top all-star type player and that's what he did yesterday I think what he did that I haven't seen him do is and I've, I've been saying it to you like I, I, see, I see Butler a lot until he gets to the fourth quarter he likes to give the ball away a lot try and make plays but sometimes you just need to take the ball to the hole and do it yourself like you need to say I am the best player on the team and Fair enough, the Heat have created this identity where there isn't this, this one superstar where like anyone can be the leading scorer on a day-to-day, whatever game night it might be. However, in this type of series, when you've got what two of the top five players in the league, you've got to somehow, there's got to be a consistent star, someone you know you can get 30 points from, and Butler definitely proved that yesterday. I think what, what Bam does for the Heat coming back is, Someone who can also increase the intensity. Like I think Bam is definitely a player who has a serious impact on the Heat squad in general. Like even if you take away his his on when he's on the court, like his ability on the court, I think off the court as well, he's a, he's a, he's definitely an important piece to that team. If you look at the the closeout game versus the Celtics, it was through his aggression and through his pace setting that allowed the Heat to be successful in that series. Yes. Obviously, different matchups. The um, the Lakers are definitely a lot bigger than the Celtics. However, I think why the Heat work so well is because they work on they they work on adrenaline. They work on that hunger. Always working. Always active. And that action is what is so important to the heat and I think Bam definitely provides that for them so I think obviously I'll leave you to talk about the on-ball stuff and the on-ball tactics when you're actually on the court but definitely those intangibles are so important because if you think about it the Lakers played very very bad and I'd say it was the intangibles that got the heat over the line yesterday Jimmy Butler's
0: plus Jimmy.
1: Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Butler's Jimmy but- Butler's intensity, his determination, his his like, yes, I'm gonna get the ball. I'm gonna be. He he said it. He said it after he um basically hit the the closeout shot where he said the Lakers are in trouble. Obviously, I think that's a bit far fetched, but he's he's in the mood. And when Jimmy's in the mood, he's def- it's it's what we always talk about, um, Darren. On this platform, we always say Jimmy Butler over Paul George. There's this misconception that. Paul George is so much better than Jimmy Butler. And I I beg to differ. I beg to differ. So, yeah, it's the intangibles for me.
0: Nah, for sure, man. Um, I think, you know, the next game will be very interesting because the Lakers, they can't play around, fam. Like, you Mm. can't let it go to a 2-2 series and allow the Heat to get confidence,
1: get momentum. Especially with a break coming up as well. Yeah, do
0: you know what I'm saying? So... Because They've already allowed Kelly Lydick to now find the rhythm. He, I don't think, played even in the Celtics much in the Celtics series. Yeah, so now you let him come off the bench, find the rhythm. You don't want to let like Hero or Robinson find the rhythm because then you have some problems. But, um, yeah, I feel like the Lakers will definitely do more to get um AD going, LeBron will be more aggressive, Danny Green, like.
1: He, he was getting a lot of stick. I, I do think he had a... I think he had a hip problem. I think that's why he didn't come back into the game. Because I think he told Vogel he had a hip problem. And then obviously, they. Danny Green... It's what I've always said. Danny Green and KCP had bad shooting nights as well. Um, But... For the second night in a row. Yeah, yeah. For second night in a row. And if you look at it, really and truly, the team that came up was the bench, not the starters. I think the only starter with um uh, a single digit negative in the plus minus was lebron with minus four but everyone else had double digit negatives so that that says a lot kuzma and marquis morris had very very good games um and it's telling that the bench could have such a good game and lebron and ad have such a bad game and i don't want i think american media are definitely going to over exaggerate this loss but you have to remember the lakers as bad as they played there were two opportunities that they actually could have gone on to win the game. They were just not playing well. So, it's, it's a toss-up, really. I'm, I'm not worried, but I do think I will sound the alarm if it goes to 2-2 because then it's it's a toss-up and you really don't know what could happen. But I bank or well, I have faith in Frank Vogel because every time I've seen the Lakers lose a game, they've made tremendous adjustments and they've made suffocating adjustments. That's, like, that's what I like to call them, suffocating adjustments, where the other team literally cannot react to what... Vogel has obviously implemented
0: and as Joe said the offense will be a lot better like 10 turnovers in the first quarter that's just a lack of effort lack of attention to detail yeah that, that that's not going to happen again so it's it's definitely going to be a different game but well, what do you think uh, going into the next game Joe
2: from a Lakers
0: perspective the player
2: who actually worries me most is Danny Green because he's paid to shoot three pointers and I think in that first quarter uh. I don't know. He's thirty-five. I think he's he's old, so he yeah. should not he should not be taking it off the dribble at thirty-five. Yeah, when you watch Kyle Korver, he just shoots. He doesn't think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to try and attack the closeout. When you've got Ad and Howard on the court and you have an open three-point shot, you shoot it because even if you drive into the paint, what it's you driving for? There's no yeah. shooting, so he needs to be more decisive. Um, because he's paid to hit threes. That's pretty much all he's bringing now. His defense, I would say, I even thought his defense was a little bit overrated in the finals run for the Raptors last year. Uh, he was just a light-out shooter, so he needs to he needs to keep doing that. And if he does that, that will help, because he can hit them. Um, yeah, I, I'm back in the Lakers for game four, um, just because, like, if that's the Heat's best and that's the Lakers' worst, I would expect the scoreline to be a little the uh, deficit to be a lot bigger and
1: yeah. it wasn't,
2: you know, there was a point in that fourth quarter, I believe the Lakers took the lead, I think Caruso hit a, hit a layup or something and they took yeah, the lead yeah, by, yeah. Two.
1: by two, and mm-hmm. I was,
2: I'm, I'm sat there going, you know, how have they taken the lead they played like absolute crap Yeah. but that that for me is the best that the Heat have got Um, you, you spoke about intangibles and I completely agree with you, to play the way the Heat play on offence, that takes effort Because if you're having to set all those screens, move off those screens, it doesn't just... It takes fitness, but it takes concentration as well. You know, how many times over the years have we seen playoff ball just delve into, like, ISO ball at the end with everyone standing still? Not with the heat. They're all moving. Those screens were still being set in the fourth quarter in garbage time. So, yeah, this is a team... We had Jimmy Butler. I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. We had Butler here. And, obviously, the team... This this Miami team is built in his image. They work hard. They turn up to training early. Um, they find every ounce of talent they can get. Uh, whereas at the Timbles, it was I just don't think he ever had the support of Cat Wiggins, uh, Levine, sorry not Levine, Tyus Jones, guys like that. Uh, this is built in his image and. You know the results are pretty good because when yeah. he moved there from Philly, people were saying, "Oh, Wade well, obviously doesn't care about winning. He's just—I probably said it—he you know, didn't care about winning. He's just going to go and go on the beach and finish 47 and 35 and go out in the second round every year." But this is in his image, and you know what a team it is. And I think he, he won't be proud if they lose 4-1. But I would kind of be proud of him because it didn't end well in Minnesota. But he. He talks the talk, but he, he's walked the walk but as well. He backs he's it got, up, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, he's gone and built a team in his image. That's the difference. I'm not a big Paul George guy. Um, you'll work this out when you follow me. I've just never... <laughs> yeah. Even when he was on the All-NBA first team in Ocasey, I'm like, there's just something about him that's not ever seemed right to me.
0: Yeah, um, especially
2: in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, anyone who nicknames themselves is questionable for me, you know, but <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: play, playoff P is not accurate, you know. Jimmy, you know playoff P, as he calls himself. His one good playoff run was with Indiana, but that Indiana team had they had like they, they had a really good defensive identity. Butler has put oh, a team on his back.
1: They had, they had Frank Vogel. <laughs> yeah, <what> <laughs>
2: they had, and they had David West, George Hill, Roy Hibbert. They had yeah. Lance Stevenson. Lance, yeah, like, their defense was unbelievable, but him carrying the offensive load, it didn't go that way. They they kind of played in transition and. I just think Butler, for me, you know, sort of on that question, he has put himself into the top 10 because he has put a team on his back that I yeah. don't think Paul George ever has. Um, he's a great second or third guy. Butler's a good first guy. He, he's proven he can drag you to the finals.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, literally. Um, my last point that I wanted to make was, um, yeah. you know, it's 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 no surprise that the Lakers came out with a lackluster effort. You know, during the regular season, this is... Like, if you watch the Lakers, this is their personality. They're not a... You you could even tell in game two, they're not uh, a put-a-foot-on-your-neck type of team. They are more of a, like, we'll take the win and we'll be happy with that. But, um, yeah, that's obviously not going to run moving forward because the Miami Heat aren't backing down. So, um, yeah, man, I think the Lakers will definitely come out... I agree with you, Joe, in that. The Lakers will come out with a a different mindset in the next game, and definitely um dominate. But I wanted to follow up and ask, um, Joe. How do you feel about the um the Timberwolves moving forward? You know, you got number one overall pick, you got, you know, like you gotta do something. You got something special there. You got D Lo, you got Cat, so you got number one overall pick. So what's your you know, how do you feel like they should they should approach that?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited for the i I've supported the team for nine years and the one good season we had uh, we had Rick Adelman as our coach, and he he unfortunately had to quit at the end of the season for family matters. But we had like Ricky Rubio, Kevin Martin, Kevin Love. This is the first time I've truly been excited because the Butler team, because it was Fibs' coaching, and it, it was very depressing. Uh, the brand of basketball <laughs> yeah. was the brand of basketball was depressing. Uh, the players hated him. You could you could just tell when they were playing. But this team, I, I like D'Lo and Kat. I don't think we're, our defense is going to be very good. But you, you've you got there. I think I'm higher on D'Lo than most of NBA Twitter. I think he can be. He's not an elite guard. I, he's, if he's an all-star, he's probably the worst all-star of the you know of the 26 guys who get selected. But yeah. I, I kind of think the offense should be very good. And obviously with the number one pick, we've got a lot of options. But I'm kind of positive. The only thing is we're in the West. I was looking down the West the other day. And I'm looking at next year. The only team I would say are going to be bad are the Sacramento Kings. But like, if they had a better coach who isn't Luke Walton, I wouldn't call them bad. If they oh, still have no, David Yeager, exactly. there's every team in that field, they've got some kind of selling point. Whereas you look at the East, you've got the Knicks that are depressing, the Cavs are depressing, the Pistons are depressing.
0: Hornets,
2: Hawks. Yeah. yeah. Even, like the Pist- even the uh, Magic who made the playoffs, they're not great. I mean, they, yeah. were not- they wouldn't even sniff the playoffs in the West. So... If we were in the East, I'd be confident. You know, I think we could push to be a second round team next year, but we may not even get close to the playoffs in the West.
1: Yeah.
0: But how would you feel like you should do the number one pick? You got any idea of prospects that you'd want, or do you think that you should look to trade it for, you know, to so start to add to, to the core you already
2: have? The, the list of players i trade it for is small. i trade it for Bradley Beal. Um, Booker's never going to happen, but I would make that move. Um, if we trade down to like five or six, I wouldn't, and this is not many Wolves fans are with me on this, I would actually take a little punt on Blake Griffin. I'd, I'd have to do some medical stuff first to check he's all right. But other than that, I, I would take Lamello Ball. Um, I think he's exciting. I think... I think he's actually a little bit underrated because of his last name, and I thought it'd be the opposite. I thought it would be overrated because of his last name. Yeah, um, yeah. but he's—I I like the idea of him and D'Lo playing next to each other. I think yeah. that would be—and no, uh, with Cap
0: playmaking there is crazy. Yeah,
2: we'd have a lot of highlight plays, but I think mm. RGM was at Houston when they had Chris Paul and James Harden, and he always talks yeah. about the fact he had two point guards. Yeah. We, we could run that hit. We'd have two point yeah, guards. Exactly. We'd have
0: Cat moving all over the place. And the floor would be spaced as well with Cat as well. So that could yeah. be... Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah.
1: That would, definitely that makes sense. But yeah, man. I think, again, appreciate you coming on, Joe. I think it is, it's, it's definitely something we want to continue to do moving forward to discuss basketball with you Um, I think the finals are interesting my last point is I I think Darren maybe disagrees with me me and me and Darren are both like LeBron fans like see the LeBron fan pages we probably ran one of them but um, I think for me I think LeBron just has to accept that I think AD just has to be the finals MVP because I just don't I think AD's best is unmatchable in, there's nothing the Heat can do when AD's the best player on the court and I understand that yes of course maybe the Heat can't do anything if LeBron's the best player on the court but I just think LeBron you can tell he's aged as much as yeah people are saying is he's still in his prime LeBron doesn't drive as much he likes the free now he settles for it a lot like there's some plays he will literally try and pull up from free. and I'm thinking why, why did you do that like there's, there was no need to do that
0: just interrupt that's why I'm saying post him up more fam because when you have him dribbling at the top of the key he's not as his first step is not as explosive
1: as it used to be yeah exactly Do you know what I'm saying? yeah
0: that's what i said let him attack in the post and then if they try double he's picking them apart anyway yeah
1: but now nah, again like i said thank you very much joe for coming on um appreciate you joe man that's no, our you. that's our preview into game four our recap of um all the games that have happened so far There's only one place to be when we're talking about the NBA and NBA recap. Make sure you go and watch our latest episode. Um, We spoke about the weekend's games and other um, events in terms of football, the Premier League. Um, Obviously, it was a bad weekend for you, Darren. Just sorry to bring that up again. But (laughs) Man United obviously having a bad weekend. Spoke about Liverpool, spoke about Man City, spoke about Chelsea. So, there's only one place to be. Eyes on the ball. We out.
0: Deuces.